Hey everybody, um, this is a podcast called Two Girls and One Plane. I'm Ariel. And I'm Amanda. And this podcast is dedicated to everything aviation. We are both CFIs, we are working towards the airlines like many of you, many of you out there as well. So we thought we'd just come on here, share any experiences, answer any questions, and just talk about any general funny things that happen in aviation. So, um, Amanda... Any fun stories from this week? I actually do have a funny story, Ariel. Um, so I had my first pop tire on the runway the other night. Um, on Monday, I was doing some night currency in the Seminole uh, with my MEI student. And um, on one of my landings for my night currency, uh, came in, buttered the landing, and went to go stop and realized uh, we did not have a tire. We, well, we had a tire, but it blew out on the runway. Uh, then got, we got... Proceeded to get stuck on the runway for about an hour and 45 minutes. It was, it was a good time. Yeah, I've definitely popped a tire or two on the runway. Definitely have shut down the runway. Sorry to that, those two airliners that had to go around that day. That was my fault, so. <laughs> I had a spirit guy, and he had to go around. He had, not go around, he had actually circled to the runway, so. Oh, well, yeah. it happens. Yeah. Okay, so let's see here. Any fun stories from me this week? Um... I had a guy that was taxiing in front of me, and I was a little concerned if this man should be flying or not, <laughs> because not only did he ask for a progressive taxi, and I want to say there's nothing wrong with a progressive taxi, but we are not at a complicated airport, so I don't know. Airport maps are helpful, so. Um, he asked for a progressive taxi. ATC proceeded to not give anybody else a taxi until <laughs> he got to his... Uh, hold short line. Um, at the hold short line, he proceeded to do a run-up. <laughs> so, um, needless to say, we were a little late that day. And then he also, um, he called Tower and told him he was holding short. Tower told him, hold short for wake turbulence, three minutes. Uh, two minutes later, he calls back, hey, Tower, <laughs> um, can I go now? And Tower says, uh, yeah, you still have about a minute on your wake turbulence. Because our Tower guys are pretty nice. Um... And he proceeds to say, oh, I didn't know that. So I hope that uh, pilot made it safely to his destination because I was a little concerned the entire time. That would be concerning. Yeah. yeah. So that's the one thing I love about aviation is never a dull day. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah. No day is ever the same. It is not. It is not. No. So um, let's see here. A little bit more about us. Um I are sorry, we are both multi-engine instructors, so we teach a lot of multi-engine ratings. Uh, commercial multi-engine add-on, we teach ATP as well, which is pretty interesting, considering we don't have our own ATP. <laughs> um, but yeah, let's see here. What's what's your favorite thing about flight instructing? Um, well, my favorite thing to teach in is the multi by far. Um, and I don't know, I think... I like seeing pilots who come from having a single engine and just, I think, I don't know, I think the multi is fun to teach in. It's faster, has more power, um, and I like teaching them how to, you know, do engine failures and be able to confidently fly with one engine operating. Um, and, yeah, overall, I just, I don't know. I like uh, teaching more advanced students. I think um, they get a little bit more out of their training and, um I just, to be honest, I think it's more fun to teach, so. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, for sure. Um, Being a CFI can definitely be a grind, I would say, but Mm -hmm. really just having a good attitude about it. Because at the end of the day, we were sitting in a plane, and it's pretty cool. You get to fly around all day, so. Um, But yeah, I definitely agree with you. Multi-engine is the way to go. I love teaching multi-engine, and honestly, my life would be a lot more boring if I just flew the Cessna all day long. Mm-hmm. So. And if you are thinking about getting your MEI and you're on the edge of getting it or not, or on the fence of getting it or not, get it. If you can afford it, get your MEI, teach in the multi. It will increase your, I don't know, it will, it will better further your experience. And I found that uh, teaching in the multi has made me overall a better pilot. Of course, if you cannot afford to teach the multi, that's totally fine. But if you can, take the opportunity and do it. You know, it's funny that you say that because it's actually a great segue into our podcast because we are going to be pulling all our stories from Reddit and whether they're funny, whether they're a serious question, 
um, we were are gonna go through them all. And that was actually a question I saw on Reddit. So that story is saved for another day. Um, I kind of like to have themes for each episode. So the theme is all about the pilots. Um, so we're just gonna be talking about, you know, what pilots like to do and how that works. So. Okay, so, um, kicking it off with our very first Reddit story, because I spend too much time on Reddit, um, like many of us, um, it comes from the subreddit, Am I the Asshole? And, um, this is the title. Okay. Am I the asshole for asking my wife to respect my title as a pilot? I need the opinions of ab geeks and pilots on a matter involving my wife. I am completely serious and I need help. <laughs> my wife and I, together for five years, married for two, no kids, have an amazing, happy relationship. I can't recall a single time when we've ever argued to the point of breakup or divorce. This issue, however, is causing me to reconsider the health of our relationship. Since my wife and I have been together, I have worked as a manager for a restaurant chain. I am an extremely passionate aviation enthusiast in my free time. I have spent thousands of dollars on flight textbooks, sim gear, and even <laughs> built my own A330 flight training. Oh. Or, sorry, A330 setup. <laughs> I have never actually flown a plane or started flight training, <laughs> but I've considered it for a long time. Even though my skills are not a career, I still consider myself as adept or possibly more knowledgeable than the average pilot. <laughs> Which is wild, because, like, I think a Discovery flight's, like, 150 bucks. Broski. Okay. Okay. So, so he's a real pilot. He's a real pilot. Okay. Period. Period dot. Mm. That right. being said, here's where the problem arises. My wife and I were invited to one of her male co-workers' house for a barbecue. My wife is a senior software tech for a COVID startup. She's worked there since 2020, a lucky catch after she was laid off from her previous job due to the virus. It was my first time meeting many of her now-close co-workers due to COVID and working from home. I had assumed she'd talked about me before, but as we were cycling through introductions, I became less sure. We make our way down the line to the host of the party, a new male hire that she has grown platonically close with. Work we husband? Huh? Work husband? I guess, maybe. Okay. We exchanged casual conversation, and Greg, the host, asked what I do for a living. My wife chimes in with, he's a manager at Insert Fast Food Chain. It certainly comes with some benefits. I'm assuming she's referring to free food. I'm telling you right now, if this man works at, like, Taco Bell or Chick-fil-A, that is a good gig. I'm gonna be dead. That is a good gig. I would probably I, be about 20 pounds know, heavier. Same. Same. But, hey, I mean... Free I, tacos. Free tacos. Free tacos. Or, or chicken free nuggets. Free locos tacos. Let's Come go. On. Let's go. That's, like, nothing to be wrong. Nothing to be ashamed of on that. So. No. No. Um, you were charged for where you're at Exactly. Now. She said this in a voice that implied nothing was wrong with what she said. I very quickly corrected her and told him that I am a pilot. <laughs> my wife already knows how insecure I am about my job and how I'd much rather be introduced by my hobby. I'm sorry. Sorry to interrupt you. He He's legitimately telling this this man yeah. that he's a pilot. Yeah. Is he telling him that he's like an A330 pilot? I don't know. He's just a pilot. So he took the so he took the check rides then. He's paid the money he, to fly he, the airplanes. I think he took the check ride in the A three thirty seven is mine. Got it. Yeah. Got it. Okay. Fun stuff. Okay. Fun stuff. Alright, Mr. Pilot. Go ahead. Okay. <laughs> um I've earned the title of pilot through my five hundred plus hours on and <laughs> sim and thousands of dollars put into my craft. I think it is incredibly disrespectful <laughs> her to not acknowledge my skills and training. How dare she? Just because I don't have the title of pilot on an overpriced piece of paper does not mean I'm not a pilot. I laughed it off with Greg, told him under my breath that my wife was often forgetful, which I'm sure he's realized just from working with her. Mm. That's a little nasty. Yeah. That's such a dig at your wife, bro. He seemed to brush it off casually. At this point, I'm fuming, but I don't go much farther than exchanging some nasty glances at my wife for the rest of the night. As we pack into the car to leave, the argument starts. She feels as if I don't deserve my title as pilot because I'm not professional. I told her she's completely insensitive to the work I've done and she will never understand what it's like to study so much. Never. She's currently on the couch as I type this. Am I really the asshole for asking to be respected? Oh boy. Oh boy. Thoughts, feelings, this, opinions. <laughs> this is a doozy. 
This is a doozy. What's his subreddit name again? Um, I want to be like Avgeek or something. I don't know. I'm not entirely sure because this has been reposted several times. Okay. Well, sir. Oh, um, I think it's. Let's see here. Substantial Wheel Nine Nine Nine. Okay. Okay. Well, whoever this man's is. Um, I don't know whether you're more Delulu or you are, you are the, you're definitely the asshole for this. Um, but you're also extremely Delulu. Um, because here's the thing. So you spent thousands of dollars, right? I mean, I don't know, maybe a grand on your sim. I don't know how much those things you, you are. You said thousands plural, so let's just, let's just okay. say like 5k. So let's say you paid 5k, um, 5k for the sim. Here's A330 sim. A330. Got the rating, I guess. Um. One thing to think about is how much is a private pilot to how much how much would you say a private pilot certificate now costs? Between ten and fifteen K easy. Okay, okay. So you have that. Um I don't even I don't have words right now. What are your thoughts? I I'm I'm just kinda cracking I'm cracking up over this one because I'm like laughing and crying in six figure debt right now over my flight school. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, no, man, I think, uh, you're definitely the asshole mm -hmm. for sure. Mm -hmm. Um, I think you need to respect your wife because your wife was like, oh my gosh, this is what he does and he has great benefits. Like, I think she was kind of hyping you up and you just kind of shut that down. Um, yeah. And I think like also if, um, if she's like proud of you and what you've done and like the, the actual work you do, um, then you should be okay with that. And also, another thing, um, I would just say it's a little bit disrespectful to the pilots that are out there and who have paid, like, ac actually thousands and thousands of dollars to get where they're at today um, to say that you're an actual pilot. Because that, um, taking on the role and, like, the actual name of pilot, it's not just the money, right? It's not just an overpriced piece of paper. It's actually, actually, it's a card that you get in the mail from the FAA. Thank you very much. Um, it's, it, you, you spend hours and hours, not just training on your sim, but you spend hours and hours training for the written, for the oral, for the actual check ride. Um, you're going through so many different learning experiences, like learning how to nap, like there's just so much. You're learning how to navigate, you're learning how to have situational awareness in the airplane. You're learning how to fly a freaking airplane when you're getting your private pilot, along with all these different factors. So, uh, yeah, yeah, you are the asshole for this. Um, and I'm respectfully like, yeah, you can do sim all you want, right? But it's just not the same. And, um, you know, sitting at your computer flying the A330 sim is not going to give you situational awareness in real life circumstances um, because you're not going to, I mean, you can simulate emergencies, right? But it's such a dynamic field that, like, you you just can't get the same experience as in an airplane. And yeah. it's also a sim for the A330. Yeah. I don't I don't know if I would call it disrespectful more as, like, laughable. It, yeah, um, yeah. Because I don't uh, feel disrespected. No, no, no. So, it's more of a joke. It, exactly. So this um, this is an older post. It's about a year old. Okay. Um, this is not the first time I've heard it, but it's it's funny every time I see it on Reddit. But the Reddit community is generally confused, it, or genuinely confused, if it's um, uh, real or not. So <laughs> some people think it's not real. Some people are like, no, this guy's dead serious. Honestly, um, I could see him being dead serious about this. Uh, yeah, me too, me too. <laughs> because, like, I I know people. I know people. I mean, I don't know people. Well, I know people who genuinely think that um, because they have flown the sim. I'm not kidding. Like, someone, some, someone that I know, his student, um, basically bragged about flying the A, one of the Airbuses. I don't even know. Um, and he was basically going around the flight school and bragging about it and, like, saying he was, like, a better pilot than everyone because he flew that. And I was like... I did hear about that one. Yeah. Yeah. It's bad. Um, PSA, guys. Okay, so, I do want to say, number one, there's nothing wrong with Sims. No, no. Sims, nothing wrong. Sims are a great trainer. You can learn a lot from yes. them. Um, we use them all the time in training, especially instrument training. Um, please don't tell your CFI you're a great pilot, though, because you spent, like, 4,000 hours in Microsoft Flight Simulator. No. Um, we will make fun of you. Yes. The, there's just, there's just nothing. There's no there's getting like around no, it. There's no getting around that one, so, um, trust me, your CFI has worked tirelessly hard to get to where they are, 
Um, don't try to one-up them with your sim. It will not go well for you. No. So, um, <laughs> do you want to hear some of the top comments? Yes, I would love to. This is, this is the top comment. <laughs> pilot aboard the good ship delusional. <laughs> Better than the average pilot, despite having piloted anything ever. I can't, this is amazing, it's so bad, it can't be real, and the insult to the wife is just the cherry on the troll cake. So he thinks it's a troll. Um, this, this, this comment's really funny too. I don't know if it's fake. I mean, personally, I am a U.S. Special Forces soldier, so I should know. I mean, I've never actually joined the military, but I have played over 1,000 hours of Call of Duty, so I clearly know what I'm talking about. He's basically been to war. Yeah, pretty yeah. much. He is Medal of Honor man. That's Salute to our veterans, I guess. Right. <laughs> so, yeah, that's that's one of my favorite Reddit posts I have ever heard of. That, so that was hilarious. Thank you for reading that to me. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, to to the mans out there, um, I, if you are real, if this is a real story, I genuinely hope that you leave the delusion, the Delu- Delulu ship, as they put it. Yeah. 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 I hope you get off off board the Delulu ship, um, and you step into reality. And if you really want to become a pilot, go fly. Um, go fly. If you want to spend thousands of dollars on a sim, go spend thousands of dollars on some flight lessons and um, see if it suits you. Yeah, and so. then go home and fly your sim. Yeah. Yeah. Just... And, if, and if you get all the ratings, right, then, you know, you can have the bragging rights to be a pilot, but... Uh, I wonder if this guy ever posted anything else. If he did, I have to see. Let's see here. No, I mean, I don't see anything, so. Maybe he posted it and got so much flack for it that, uh. Oh, oh, he definitely got, like, oh, yeah. four shreds. Yeah. For sure. And now he's not posting anything. Yeah, so. Anyway. But, yeah. Wow. That was a. <laughs> that was a roller coaster. That was a roller coaster, for yeah. sure. For sure. <laughs> Back to it. <coughs> let's, oh, let's no. My th- my <laughs> throat is so like. What's that stuff called? Flegum. Flem. Flem. Flegum. Did you just say flegum? It has a G in it. It's phlegm. not flegum. <laughs> to the world out there, do you guys say phlegm or flegum? It ha- why is there? <laughs> why is there the G? <laughs> I almost want to look this up on the Googles. It's, I think it's phlegm. I think you're right. I'm just not can't smart. Find my phone. Whatever. It's fine. It's fine. Okay. Okay. Let's let's get into this now. I'm so, ready for it. Um. I'm ready for it. Oh, sorry. Okay. Okay. So most of our stories come from r slash flying because that's where most of the aviation world lives, right? But so this is from Grouchy Onion ninety eight twelve. Perfect name. What a name. His question is, or her, I don't know, um, do you have to love planes to be a pilot? So I'm getting ready to graduate high school soon enough, and since my sophomore year, I've been really looking into careers because I always hear stories of people graduating high school that have no idea what to do. But since my sophomore year, one of the most interesting, interesting things for me was to be a pilot. I just always thought it seemed cool to fly planes for a living, but I've never been a plane guy. It's never been a dream for me to fly planes since I was a little kid. I know it sounds weird, but I feel like this is a job you gotta want your entire life to excel at. I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. Um, I'm gonna be completely honest. If you put three different types of Airbuses, Boeings, what have you not, I would not be able to tell you the difference between them. Same. I, I know what an Embraer 175 is. Yeah. Same. I, I know what a Seminole is. I know what a Cessna is, but no, I I I don't know. Um, I love flying, and I I feel like I'm a pretty decent pilot. Uh, and I don't know, I don't know shit between planes. Um, and I'm not really a plane girly. No, to be honest, no, I'm not either. Like I like planes, and I I feel like I pretend to like planes more than I do because I'm a pilot. But to be completely honest, um, like. If you like flying and if you like the idea of being a pilot and like if that's your if that's what you want to do, go for it. Like the you do not have to be an overall plane geek too. Not at all. No. No. Literally the amount of times I walk out onto the ramp and my students like, "Oh my gosh, what plane is that?" I'm like, "I don't freaking know, know dude." <laughs> like, what do you think I am? A library book? Like, no, I have no clue. Unless you are a library book. Yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah. That's what my students feel like sometimes, at least. Yeah, same. But no, I, I literally majored in fashion design. That was my background. One day, I woke up wanting a career change. My dad said, hey, Ariel, you should go be a pilot. And I said, fantastic idea, Dad. And that's what I did. Why was that the same thing as mine? Because I, I got my... Well, it wasn't fashion design. I don't, yeah. know, I don't know jack squat about fashion. But I was a business major because, you know... Yeah, you so... Know, but... And my dad, he's a pilot too, uh, and he was he was always like, "Hey, you should look into this. You should look into this." And then one day I was like, "You know what? Maybe I should, cause I don't want to sit sit behind a desk." You know, it's funny because my dad said that exact same thing to me. He always wanted a kid to be a pilot. Yeah. And he's like, "You should be a pilot." And I was like, "No thanks. I'm gonna go major in fashion design." And like, I did work in the career field for a little bit, and I did really really like it. But again, same thing as you. I hated sitting behind a desk, and I wanted to do something a little more exciting with my life. So. Yeah. I became a pilot. To be honest, the reason I became a pilot, it was not because I was a plane geek. It was because I want to go travel. Yes. Uh, I didn't travel a lot growing up, and, uh, like, that's that was my main drive. And, yeah, so, no, you do not, overall, you do not have to be a plane geek and know what the difference between a, I don't know, A330 and A320 is. Literally. Yeah. Literally. So, <clears throat> at the end of this, he says um, he feels like, or... They feel like, um, you gotta want it your entire life to excel at it. That is, like, that's not true at all. Mm -hmm. But the amount of people that I've met that are like, I came out of the womb knowing I wanted to be a pilot. I'm I like, did oh not feel God. that. I, no, I didn't feel that at all, either. I never, like, my dad always tried to talk to me about aviation when I was younger, and I was bored out of my mind. Same! Like, Same. <laughs> you literally, like, would try to talk to me, and I was like, I have no clue what you're doing, honestly, so. Can we actually talk about that for a minute? Yeah. Um, the fact that, like, okay, I feel like there's a lot of pressure on pilots to, um, like, you have to want it your entire life, like, literally straight, like you said, straight out of the womb. I never felt that way. My dad was a pilot my entire life, yeah. and he always loved it, and I would go on flights with him and stuff, but I would just be like, pretty much focus on my Snapchats and sending photos to my friends. But, like, it was not something I was interested in until after college, until I was almost, like, 21. And so, um, if you, like, if that's, <clears throat> that's, like, a, where was my thought? Um, making this your entire life. Dream. Yes, yes. And another thing is, like, um, I feel like a lot of pilots, uh, and a lot of people in flight school, um, they make being a pilot, like, their entire personality and their entire identity, and guess what? You can be a damn good pilot and not make it your entire personality. Like, you can have a life outside of aviation and still be a good pilot and still love what you do. That is so true, and, um, both of us already have our airline jobs on lock, and mm -hmm. one of the questions they asked us was, what do you like to do outside of, like, work in your free time? And we all know there's there's gouges for everything in aviation, and on the gouge, that question was there. And it said, do not say fly more planes. They want to make sure you have a personality outside of aviation. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, you, you definitely don't have to love it your entire life at no. all. Like, if you wake up one day, whether you're 17, whether you're 45, and you decide you want to be a pilot, go for it. Why and, not? Yeah, and there's nothing wrong with that. Um, yeah. Yeah, so... Let me read a few of these comments to you. So the top comment is, I would think having a passion for it will help your training. A lot of hard work getting all those ratings in 1,500 hours. Take a discovery flight and try it out. And I want to say on this, having a passion for flying and having a passion for planes is two totally different things. Wildly different things. And I feel like people think that, like, oh, you're a pilot, you must clearly love planes. I mean, I have my preferences on planes for sure, but I'm not, like... The amount of people I talk to and they start nerding out to me over a plane, I'm like, yeah, so I fly this PA-44, That that's cool. Uh, Pilatuses are cool. That's, <laughs> that's about my extent of the conversation. Like, I can add a few things here and there, but, like, some guys are like, F-35 or die! And I'm yeah. like, okay! Yeah. Uh, like, what? Good for you, that's, that's cool. That's awesome. But, um, I just fly this little plane and I'm happy with it. Yeah, so. same, same. Ultimately, I, I think I just... Oh, I. I would agree. You do need some passion for, like, aviation in general if you are going to... Com so if you're going to commit to being an airline pilot, it's not like you just wake up one day and you fly a couple hours and you go to the airlines, right? Like, it is it is a grind and it is an investment for sure because you are spending, 
you know, 70 to 100K on training. If not more. If not more. Um, And so you do need to have some kind of drive for it, for sure. Um, But it does not have to Hmm. become... I don't have an answer Shut up, Siri. Um, (laughs) Sorry. Um, It does not have to become your entire personality, but there needs to be some level of passion for it. But at the same time, if you're not a planning geek and you just feel like you'd make a good pilot, go on the Discovery flight and check it out and see what you like. Yeah, I always encourage people to do, like, Discovery flights if they, um, if they're not sure about aviation, and, like, go do a Discovery flight, it's not a big cost, and you'll decide whether or not you like it from there. But, um, I I feel like having, like, a passion for it feeds into any career Mm -hmm. field, because if you're not, if you're not fully into it, you're probably not going to succeed. One thing you learn when you become a CFI is if somebody does not want to learn, they will not learn. Amen. So if, you know, you want to go be a pilot and you hate flying planes, you're not going to have any drive to learn. So you're not going to learn. Or even like, I mean, I've had students who they love to fly and that like, that's what they want to do. But ultimately, like, if they don't study and if they don't put in the effort themselves, oh my goodness, like you're not going to get any, and that's if any career field, whether you want to be a doctor or a lawyer or a, like we talked about in our last story, a manager at a restaurant or something like yeah. that. Whatever, if you don't put the effort in, um, you're not going to get anywhere. And, like, the passion for aviation literally only takes you so far. Like, you can have a passion for aviation, but never study once, right? Or, like, just not spend enough time in the books or um, self-studying, and you could, you're going to fail for that. Um, so, I don't know. I think my thoughts is, like, if you're passionate about aviation you want to do it pop off queens and kings out there um but you know ultimately it's it's another job and you still got to work you know to get where you want to be and so yeah exactly because at the end of the day like it's this is such a cool career field but it is a job so you want to do something you're going to enjoy the rest of your life Mm -hmm. but here's 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 a good comment it says this is my girlfriend she's an accomplished airline pilot with over a decade in the 121 world she doesn't care about airplanes. I think she likes <laughs> flying enough, but I'm honestly not sure. It's kind of just a job for her. She wanted something that paid well and she could live the life she wanted, and she has achieved that. It still blows my mind when we see a plane in the sky and I'll ask her what it is, and she says, I don't know, a Boeing? Question <laughs> mark. And I will always ask when it's an Airbus. She fucking flies an Airbus, lol. <laughs> she says, I don't know what I'm looking for on the walk around and up close. I would know if... I would know what it is if I saw the flight deck. Just cracks me up. Honestly, that's a mood. Yeah, that's such a mood. That's such a mood. Your girlfriend and you us can relate. <laughs> I've had people ask me, like, oh, what kind of airplane is that? Because I'm a pilot, and they know that, and I'm like, it's it's definitely like, like, it would probably be like a Boeing, and I'd be like, I don't know, it's like a fighter jet. Sounds like a fighter literally, jet. Literally. Literally. Just kidding. Just kidding. That's... Well, still. You know. No, like, honestly, sometimes that's, like, I have some, I've had some pretty bad answers. Yeah. But you know what I have noticed about this career field? If you say it with confidence, people will take your oh, answer yes. as true. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Confidence? Um, confidence I, is key. Confidence is key. I say that. Good good advice for a check ride. Mm-hmm. I told all my students about our podcast. Nice. That they need to listen to us. They need to. Yeah. I don't know. We'll see how it goes. Okay. Okay, let's get into it. So, this is from r slash flying as well, and the user is bear8. Berate? I think it's berate. Berate? Yeah. It's like B-A-R-E-8. It's probably berate. Where is the thing? Right here. The blue? Maybe there's bear. Bear8. It's probably berate. Berate? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, uh, okay, anyways. Okay. Okay, so, the title is, I feel hopeless after losing my job. Last month, I was fired from my first officer position, and it's taken an incredibly heavy toll on my confidence. I've been desperate to get a new job, but everywhere I've applied to has rejected me. Six rejections are already from both 135s and 121s. I keep submitting my resume to more places, but with how things have been going, sometimes I wonder if I should just give up. I'm not trying to compare myself to my colleagues who have continued on to captain positions or even made it to the majors, but it's not easy. Am I just a bad pilot? Am I getting what I deserve? My intrusive thoughts keep getting to me and I'm scared I'm reaching my wit's end. Should I just apply to work under wing? Um, you know, like the ramp guys. 
Oh. Yeah, because you you have like you have like wink walkers and everything. For right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, and then he adds an edit. Right. The official reason for termination on my re- record says poor pilot performance. And then he adds another edit. Just gonna copy and paste what I put in the comments. I'll admit I'm hesitant to type out my issues, but I because I fear it'll prove I really am not a good pilot. I guess it started from a hard landing after having to go around. The captain called the training department and I was sent to fly with LCAs. What is LCAs? I have no clue. I'm going to Google it real quick. (laughs) Pause. LCA. Airlines. I assume assume it's like another like, um, training person or something. Probably. Um. Also, one bad landing does not make you a bad pilot. No. Not at all. Like. Everyone's got hard landings. Training. I mean, now, unless the hard landing, like, collapse your gear, then you might need to go to extra training, but... Means. Okay. Oh. Update. I don't know what LCA means. I'm also not currently an airline pilot, so... Should we, should we phone a friend? I could, I could text Nick. Okay, yeah, yeah. Hold text, up. Text Nick. Stay tuned. Okay, for research purposes... Um, we have not. None of our airline pilot friends are answering us, and all flying planes right now. We're just CFIs. No one hate us. Yeah, please don't. <laughs> They're all flying planes and being cooler than us. Okay, so um, I assume an LCA is just like a different like training pilot. I think so. I don't know. Okay, landing critical assessment. That's my guess. <laughs> Maybe, no, landing critique landing assessment consultant. Airline. I don't know. (laughs) Okay, we're bad at this. Okay, so, the captain called the training department, and I was sent to fly with LCAs. First LCA said I was fine, but needed one more trip because we had to go around on one of my landings. Second LCA said I wasn't independent enough and didn't want to perform a line check. And that was it. I had no more chances to prove myself. Oof. Oh! Maybe it's landing check airmen. That would make sense. But would you have check airmen's for, like, just landing? I don't... Maybe. I mean, like, it is... If it's an airline, you are landing with, like, 50-plus people in the back, so... Hmm. I wonder if it's, like... It's probably check airmen something. Probably. Okay. Well, I figured out two-thirds of it, so... Okay. Um, and yes, go-arounds. They were visual approaches backed up by my instrument systems. Now, for more intro- info... <laughs> At first, the LCAs focused on more flare and landing. Surprisingly, that was fixed almost immediately, except for one time when I was landing and the LCA took controls at the last second because I was going to land hard. Something I didn't really believe was going to happen, but hey, he's the LCA and I was on probation. What was I supposed to say? The issue then became connecting the automation to the instrument system on visual approaches. I guess on visual approaches, ATC assumes you're flying the plane on your own, so they give you altitudes that leave you above or below the glide path. Below glide path is easy enough to fix, but throughout my flying, I keep getting mixed info on how to descend if you're above the path, and at some airports, the automation doesn't even connect to the FAF because the way it's set up. Something I didn't even know could happen, and the cause of one of my go-arounds. By the end of the last trip, that was this was fixed, but at the point, the LCA had already decided not to perform the line check. Oh, line check airmen! That's what it stands hey. for, line check airmen, yay! <laughs> Okay. 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 I was. That was crazy. I don't know what. Rick. Okay. I can't read. And where I don't we know at? where. We had to oh, pause. My well, brother no, no, called. No. My stupid brother called me. But we did figure out what LCA meant. Line check airman. Okay. 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 Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So the guy was um basically uh, had a hard landing. It, well, he. So okay. from what it sounds like, it sounds like he was bad at landing, and he was. Is there more to the story? Well, there's like there's a little bit more. Um. He's like flares, and he just go around. He went, he like went around a lot. So okay, okay. So um, let's see here. What did I end up at? Um, okay. By the end of the last trip, this was fixed. But at that point, the LCA had already decided not to perform the line check. Even so much as saying that if he did perform it, I would have passed. Well, he would have passed. Yeah. Okay. Okay. TLDR. Which do you know what that means? No. Too long. Didn't read. So, like, people will put the TLDR at the end of the Reddit story, but mm. they didn't read it. In case okay. you want, like, the... It's basically, like, the spark notes of the Reddit story. Okay. Okay. So, TLDR, my flare to landings were fixed enough, but my go-arounds were mostly from becoming unstable because I was confused on how to set the automation. 
Um, yeah. Thoughts, feelings? I mean, so, yeah, I can't really give a professional, um, advisory yet because I'm, I'm not there yet. Um, if you, okay, okay, if, from, from the evidence, from the Reddit story, right, you've had two issues that caused you to go to the LDA guy, right? Um, LCA. LCA guy? Yep. Yep. Um, and... I don't, I don't know. I need more context to this, to be that, That's what a lot of people are saying. So, like, one of the top comments is, a little insight on why you were fired might help. But that might have been before the edit. So, um, it, it sounds like he was just struggling with landing. And I think what he's saying is, like, if he was low, he knew how to fix, like, his approach. But if he's high, he didn't know how to fix it. Mm. So, either that sounds like a gap in the training program at this airline. And I don't yeah. know what airline it is, either. Um, I haven't done research on that, but, um... Just chop it. Chop it and drop it, baby. I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. Dude, that was not legal. I don't know. I don't, I don't know if the same thing, like, works, like, for an airliner. Probably not. Probably not. We can't not. just eat yeah. the throttle out and drop flaps and slip it. Catch us in six months when we actually do buy these planes and we listen back to this and we're like, oh, we're You're a so little stupid. stupid. <laughs> so, um, as far as being hopeless after losing your job, um... I mean, that Don't is, be hopeless. I would not be hopeless. Like, especially aviation, there's, like, definitely some other jobs out there. And there are so, like, dude, the pilot, is is there still a pilot shortage? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, the pilot well, shortage. Okay, so there's an experienced pilot shortage uh, is the problem. So, okay. um, like, they have enough first officers, but they don't have enough captains. Because as soon as you become a captain at a regional, the majors are like, hello, let's steal you. So, you know what this sounds like, then? He probably barely missed the line, like the the line or like he was like subpar right or like barely went under par and they just needed to get rid of first officers because okay if if he was telling us right there was only like two issues i again not airline pilots i don't know how many issues you can make or mistakes you can make and then be fired for it but two mistakes seems a little harsh especially if it's not like I mean, I don't know how hard the landing was, but, like, if, if you're not killing people, if you're landing the airplane safely. And someone pointed out that his flare says A320. So, um, it sounds like maybe it was, like, a spirit. Maybe, mm-hmm. like, like one of those, like, programs where you, like, jump straight to an Airbus or something. Right. No, but, like, so, as far as feeling hopeless, like, you, you obviously have ATP minimums. Yeah. Like... Turbine time now. Yeah, you have turbine time to some degree at least. Um, as far as like applying, you really have to spin this failure in a positive light. Yeah. You know, you have to be like, if if you're like, oh, I don't know why they fired me. It's completely their fault, and it may be. But if you say that to another airline, an airline's not going to like that. Exactly. Like no, no employer is going going to like that. I feel like a lot, and I mean, uh, even in our interviews, they asked us like, have you ever busted a check ride? Right? And if you're, like, super... Okay, so, like, let's say you have... I have... I busted a check ride. I busted my instrument uh, on the oral, and I busted my CFII on the flight. Right? Not proud of it, but at the same time, if you learn from that experience, right, and if the airlines... Okay, so if the airline asks you, right, hey, have you ever busted a check ride? Have you ever gotten fired or something? And you own up to it, and you talk about how you learn from that experience, and you move forward... They like that better, way better, than being like, oh yeah, it was the DPE's fault, like, they were sexist, or, you know, racist, or something, right? Or, like, they were just being an asshole. They were just unfair, they had a bad day, yeah, whatever it was. that's not gonna look good on you, because, like, you, uh, ultimately, like, if, if you if you messed up something on your checkride, you need to own up to it, and show how you learned from that experience. Yeah, exactly, yeah. like, everything, like, checkrides can be... Kind of a toss-up anyways, yeah. whether, you know, um, for whatever happens. But, yeah, it's, like, how did you learn from that experience to make yourself a better pilot? Yeah. Like, I also failed a couple of my check rides, and Ireland was just looking for, um, you know, like, what, how we, like, improved from that, what we learned and whatnot. So, yeah, I mean, just, just turn this into a learning experience, turn it into a positive experience. I feel like, especially in aviation, it's everything is what you make of it. I mean, that's just kind of life in general, you know? Yeah. Like, um, just, like, spin it in a positive way. Like, you will find another job. Yeah. People have done much worse and have still had a pilot job. So. Literally. Um, 
I do want to find this one comment, though, because I'm pretty sure it tells them to go back to being a CFI. Oh, goodness. Yeah. That's, <laughs> I was like, harsh. no, thank you, sir. I would not want to do that. Let me see. I heard about a guy today that had, like, 3,000 hours as a CFI. That's crazy. That, I would... That's crazy. I, I don't... I would have... I would be unhappy. I would be very unhappy. Some Someone asked, what is happening that's causing you to have go around so often? Are your approaches unstable, or is it just something like the flare floating or decrab and crosswinds? Mm. I'm surprised they didn't just give you a couple sims to practice landings. It's an unfortunate fact of life in the airline world that while individual go-arounds aren't questioned, a pattern of them is going to be. You are expected to not have a go-around rate that is significantly higher than average. So it does sound like you might need some practice there, but it sucks that your airline didn't give you that practice. I know of a lot of airlines that would just send you to further training. Also, because it's like with with airlines, they the airline itself spends. I mean, if you're in a cadet program, or any airline actually, they're spending like thousands of like lots and lots of money to get you through training. Oh yeah, right? like airlines don't want to kick you out. No. I mean, they spent so much money on you already. Whether they paid for your ATP, they paid for your training, like. Yeah. They have already spent a lot of money on you. Like I don't think, and they're also paying you for. You they're also paying you during the training time. So like, oh yeah, and you're not really doing. If they a lot. if if like fire you after two offenses, right? Or yeah, you know, two mistakes here. Um, that seems like a loss in the company. I don't know. Oh, I found the I found the comment. I know it might sound like a step backwards. You might want to go for sim instructor job at this point. Oof. It allows you to keep working and making money, build connection, and most important, regain confidence. Half the performance is all about confidence. Frankly and respectfully, you need some boost. So flight safety is hiring. SIC sim. Check them out. Okay, that wasn't the one I was thinking of, but... Um, That's not bad. Not a bad idea, though. Someone said he can't fly the jet, so now how should he teach people to fly the jet? Oh, I take, Ooh, I take my comment back. Ooh, yeah. Reddit. <laughs> All right. Um, yeah, I think in the end, just, you know, find a way to turn it around. Like, there's plenty of companies out there. Um, but, I mean, we're just getting very much, like, a little piece of the picture here. So, um, we really don't know what's going on. But, yeah, yeah just hopefully you can find another job. Because, yeah. I mean, it's it's a grind to get keep here. Keep your head up. Yeah, keep your head up, keep dude. Keep your head up. You're an airline pilot. You have ATP men's. You have turpentine. And you probably have your ATP at this point in time. Yeah. So. And also, if, you, if you're if you in the place where you actually passed your ATP and, like, you got all that stuff, this this should not be the end of your career, right? No. Just keep pushing forward. All. Keep trying after it. Yeah. Yeah. Thoughts. Right. Okay. So, here's our last story. This also comes from r slash flying, and the username is KingKong67. King Kong. Bing bong. Bing bong. Um, news to flying concerned with accident stats. Hi, all. I have my discovery flight scheduled for later this month. I'm pursuing, pursuing my sport pilot cert since I don't want to spend the time and money trying to get approved for my medical to pursue a PPL. I just... No comment. Um, yeah. Uh, mm. I, I just want to stop at that first paragraph. I would truly look into what your sport pilot's license gives you because it does not give you the privileges no. a PPL does. So it may be very worth getting your medical. Yeah. Um, yeah. There's a lot of DPs that actually don't do sport pilot's license um, really? because they don't they don't like to give them out. Wait, why? Um, I think it's because of like the restrictions. I, I remember so restrictions on the sport pilot, right? Yeah. I think you have to like get a CFI to sign off like almost every time you fly still. Why would, it's something like that. Why would you get a sport pilot then? Exactly. Like, why I mean, would like, you do it? Unless you're like, you know, you aren't able to get your medical, but you just like avidly want to fly, I guess. Yeah. But like, have. Well, have it just sounds like this guy doesn't want to go through like the time and money to get approved for a medical. So, sir, if you're gonna, uh, money. Okay, the money for the medical, it's like a hundred bucks. Yeah, unless he, like, knows something in his medical is going to get deferred. Yeah. So that's, that's possible. That's valid. Okay, moving on. So, recently I've been seeing a lot of posts about GI, G, sorry, GA accident rates and fatalities. Wow, I cannot read today. GI accident rates? GA accident rates. GI tract is Yeah, GI tract issues. 
Many pilots have posted that many of their friends have died in GA accidents. Many concerns me because it makes it seem like it is an extremely dangerous flying GA aircraft and there's a high chance I may end up in a bad situation. I know many quote that it's as dangerous as riding a motorcycle. I mean, dude, everything's going to kill you eventually. That is so true. I'm like, you are not getting out of this world alive. Yeah. Just saying. Now, don't be stupid. Yeah, I mean, maybe let's not cut it off early, but... No, but, like, at the same time, like, you literally walk outside your house and, you know, get hit by a bus. That's very That's true. a little morbid. Sorry, guys. Uh, but, yeah, anyway, continue. <laughs> I'm just looking for your thoughts on this. What's the likelihood, likelihood I'll get into an accident? If I plan on just flying a Cessna 172 once Mosaic is released, which I don't know what that what is. What is Mosaic? I have no clue. A VFR in the Bay Area and surrounding area, no IFR, no mountain flying, in good weather. Mm. Will that really cut my chance of something going wrong down wrong down significantly? Will the, will the release of Mosaic improve the safety of the aircraft significantly? What can I do to improve my odds? I'll have to start learning in a Cessna 162. I've heard LSAs are even more dangerous. Should I delay my training until Mosaic is released? Thank you. Um... Real quick, I'm going to look up what Mosaic says. Okay. Okay. I figured out what Mosaic stands for because I love the internet. It stands for Modernization of Special Airworthiness Certification. Um, so it's just like, I think it's just like overhauling some rules to make things maybe a little more safe. It mainly yeah. relates to sport pilots is what it's, what this AOPA article's rating. Okay. So. Anyways. Um... Is that the end of the story? Yeah, that's the end of the story. Okay. Um, well, dude, um, if you were, like, absolutely petrified of something happening to you, then, then just rot in bed. Yeah. Because, sorry, that sounds a little harsh, but... No, I mean, like, if you're, if you're truly scared of something happening, maybe aviation isn't for you. you. Um, this is really upsetting to say, but... Many GA accidents are due to pilot error, yeah. which sounds really harsh. Um, very rarely does something catastrophic go wrong with a plane that you cannot recover from. Yeah, and that's the thing about aviation is, like, um, if you really want to get into it, right, um, you know, during your training, you're, you are going to have, like, at least if you have a good CFI, they're going to do um, emergency procedures with you all the time. Yes. Like, they should be doing at least one emergency procedure at every flight, right? I mean, on my during my private pilot training, my instructor took out the throttle on me, like, multiple times, you know, simulating an engine failure or, you know, oh, what would happen if your, you know, ammeter was, you know, reading negative volts or whatever. And, like, they should be going through emergency procedures for you, like, with you over and over and over again so you know what to do, right, in the case of an emergency. Yeah. Um, and the thing with, with flying is, is you, like, it's not if it will happen, it's when it will happen. Um, and if you have the proper training to um, solve these issues, right, I don't know. I just, I think if you're, if you're, again, like you said, if you're terrified of something happening to you, right, and you're just, like, petrified of flying, number one you're not going to be a great student because you're always going to be terrified to get up in the air because you're going to be thinking about all the things that could go wrong, right, instead of focusing on the task at hand. And two, it's probably just not, it might not, just might not be for you. Yeah. If that's, like, something that, like, I don't know. Yeah, that's very true. Um, I think statistically, though, flying a plane is safer than driving a car. It's true. So, it's true. um, I've definitely had a few emergencies in my... 1100 hours so far um all my cfis trained me super great i've trained all my students to be able to react to those um it's never ended badly um i had car buys one time the engine quit um luckily we wait, were wait, wait. your engine quit when yeah when was this when i was doing one of my checkout flights what went Oh yeah, that was yeah. With, um that was with Matt. Yeah. Yeah, you were doing yeah, you were in two three. Yeah, I was um we were doing a circling approach and I forgot about the that. The engine started to sputter and it was a Cessna, so our, our car feet was already on because you turned car on for mm. you know, stuff like that. Um and what we didn't realize at the time was our car heat cable had broken, so it wasn't mm. actually turning on car heat. Um so we got car on the engine and the engine started sputtering into downwind. And so 
I was like, hey, like, our RPMs are jumping around a lot. That's, like, not cool. And the other double eye that was with me, he was like, yeah, we should land. And I was like, we should land. Fantastic idea. <laughs> so we turned we turned the airplane around. Um, we landed just fine. And the engine finally quit as soon as we, like, turned off onto the taxiway. But we didn't get past the whole shoreline, so we shut down our runway again. Um, recurring theme. <laughs> shutting down runways today. Um, yeah. so yeah, I mean, like, something happened, but it wasn't, our wing didn't fall off, you yeah. know? Like, I think there's very few things that are going to kill you if you know how to properly handle them. And I think a lot, I think a lot of this fear of flying, it literally comes from Hollywood. Um, yes. any, any time, if like, if you've watched any kind of aviation movie, right, doesn't matter what it is. If there's an emergency in the movie, the pilots, like, throw their hands up and they start screaming bloody murder, and, um, and then the airplane, like, literally falls out of the sky, <laughs> right? That's not how it happens, right? Like, let's, like, let's say, for example, you lose your engine and you're in a Cessna, right? Guess what's gonna happen? You're, you're floating not, for days. You're floating for days, right? And you, you have a spot to, like, there, there can be a spot for you to land and put the aircraft down, and, you know... Your your plane is not going to like fall out of the sky, right? No, you're not just going to drop out of the sky like a yeah. cartoon. So no. So if you're if you're like stressed out because you've seen aviation movies and you think the emergencies are going to look like that, it's just not going to happen that way. Um, and you know that's why we do emergency procedures and that's why we train for it, so we know how to handle those situations. And to granted, they are scary when they happen because, like, you have a lot of adrenaline pumping and, you know, you're trying to fix this problem. And it is, when you get in an airplane, you are taking a risk to, you know, you are taking that risk of losing your life, right? But at the same time, if you have the proper training and, um, you know, you've, you've run through those procedures a ton, you'll be all right. So Yeah, exactly. So... You train for them. Make sure you have a good CFI that trains you for those. That's a big, big deal. Um, and if your instructor is not training you for those emergencies, get a new one. Yeah, absolutely. So. This is what I always tell my students. If they need something, they need to tell me. Because your training is very much in your hands as it is in your CFIs. Yep. So, yeah. That's yeah. my advice on that one. Yeah. Cool. cool. Well, guys, um, that is our show. Thank you for listening to our first ever episode yes. of Two Girls, One Plane. Thank you so much. Um, we hope to. Uh, <laughs> we hope you tune in we again. Hope you next tune in week. again. I just so, have a brain bar. Yeah, that's okay. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Hope you enjoyed it. Hope you keep listening. See you next time. Bye.